you know, everything is relative. If we look at the current legislative environment in Canada, it's far less complex than what we are accustomed to in Europe, for instance. Okay. That said, it's a lot more complex than what we've been used to in the past because you don't only have the federal mandate coming, uh, coming up, but you also have some provinces taking their own approach. Welcome to the Flux Capacitor, a podcast about the future of electricity. I'm Francis Bradley of Electricity Canada. This is episode 088, number 88 of the Flux Capacitor. This episode was recorded in late November 2023 on Zoom. My guest today is... Pierre Boutin, President and CEO of Volkswagen Group Canada. Pierre joined me for a conversation about the state of electric mobility both here in Canada and abroad. We talk about the Canadian EV market, supply chains, how we compare with Scandinavia, EV mandates, promotion of mobility, customer interest and acceptance, and what the future may look like for range and the price of EVs. We also talk about Volkswagen investments in battery development and manufacturing and other aspects of the electric mobility ecosystem. We close out our conversation with a great recommendation for an addition to the Flux Capacitor Book Club. Here is my conversation with Pierre Boutin. Pierre, welcome to the podcast. Uh, It's great to have you. I would have to say, though, for the listener in full transparency... I'm a customer because I recently, earlier this summer, uh, I purchased an electric vehicle uh, from Volkswagen, and I'm a proud owner of a Volkswagen ID4. You and I have talked about that. So it's double thanks, Francis. Thanks for the invitation, and thanks for driving one of our products. It's you know it's it's been a fun several months now, um, and I know we 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 did chat a little bit about this previously, but uh, I I I live in Quebec, and and we do our summer vacation uh, in Gaspésie, and. Um, we didn't have any trouble at all. Uh, we were uh, lucky, I guess, that every time I wanted to stop and and charge the uh, charge the car up, uh, I was never waiting. But you know, we were chatting about this previously, and you gave me a term that I hadn't heard before, and that was that people aren't thinking so much now about uh, range anxiety. It's more about charger anxiety, right? That's correct. And well, first of all, it shows that what you've done, it can be done, even in the smaller rural areas. But obviously, we don't have still the scale in terms of charging capacity from coast to coast, especially fast chargers. And I will say, too, is that there's there's been certainly a lot of manufacturers of, of chargers. Uh, the uh, uh, reliability of the chargers have not been necessarily up to speed at all time. That has caused certainly some challenges to uh, to consumers, but I but I'm but I'm a great uh, believer that things are you know definitely going to get better. Uh, things are improving, and as such, as I think you know you're, that uh, Volkswagen Group in itself, you know the uh, the overall battery aspect and the charging aspect is becoming a core business of our company. Mm-hmm. So globally, we're looking at uh, installing 45,000 fast chargers. In Canada, we're doing it through Electrify Canada and the United States, Electrify America. 
Mm-hmm. So, so we, we're invested beyond the car and the electric vehicles itself. Uh, we're going into uh, the ecosystem also. Right, right. Well, why don't we uh, start then to, to talk a little bit about, about uh, Volkswagen Canada's view of, of, uh, of electrification and transportation. Sort of, wh- what is the sort of the state of play right now in terms of vehicle electrification and, and where's it going to be going? Because it's 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 growing now. I know I uh, spent the weekend actually. Um, this we're recording this in at the very end of November, and I'm just back from uh, uh, visiting family in upstate New York for U.S. Thanksgiving. And I saw a lot of uh, saw a lot of Volkswagen ID4s on the road, but an increasing numbers of of lots of electric vehicles. So, what's sort of the state of play right now uh, in the EV market, at least from the, the perspective of your company? Well, actually, the transformation has definitely started, and this is very, uh, very uh, positive in itself. The last couple of months in Canada, 12, 13% of the total car sales in the country were uh, electric vehicles. United States, a bit less. So North America is starting to shift, which is very, very positive. Mm -hmm. And I have to say, when you consider the limited number of vehicles, like I'm talking about nameplates, uh, still available in the marketplace. I think inventories are building, which is good, which mm-hmm. means that what, uh, you know, not so long ago, I would have told your, even our own customers, and I think, Francis, you were probably one of those, uh, you would have had to wait about a year, even more than a year for an electric vehicles. No longer. Now we're talking about a matter of weeks. In some cases, we even have some of these vehicles in stock. Right. So I'm very confident that not only through Volkswagen, but through the uh, the different automakers, Consumers will be adopting more and more electric vehicles as, as time goes by. Mm-hmm. And so, I, I mean, I guess that kind of naturally leads us to the uh, the electric vehicle mandate that the government of Canada has has been uh, has been uh, moving forward with. Um, is this a is this a good move? Because uh, you've got a, a perspective through the Volkswagen Group of markets all around the world where you've seen significant uptake in, in other jurisdictions, has it been because of mandates or are there other things that, that have resulted in really significant uptake, for example, in Scandinavia? Well, I think that every, if you look at it, uh, you know, pretty much all manufacturers are investing in electric vehicles. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're talking about billions here and, and, and trillions actually altogether when you consider everything and uh, the overall transformation to electric vehicles. So, so manufacturers are embarking into this transformation. That said, yes, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a great believer that we need some of these legislative environments uh, to make sure that that creates an environment that will continue to uh, uh, further develop the electrification of mobility. Because what is the, uh, ultimately, what is the, uh, the objective? is reduction of CO2s, the CO2 footprint of transportation, of, of private transportation, right? Right. And, uh, but you're absolutely right, too, that uh, Norway is a good example. They were very progressive over the years. And, you know, is it perfect? It'll never be perfect. I think it's, you know, and every government is trying in their own way and in, with their own approach. Uh, now, what I'm always afraid, and it's not, it's not only for the car business, when there's over-legislations, and complexity. Typically, this is not the right, that, that doesn't lead to innovation as much as, as much investments. Uh, investors will take 
you know, sometimes a side, a side step to, to really understand where it's going. Mm -hmm. So so we have certainly some fears about the over-regulations potential and, and the, the level of complexity it brings. Ultimately, however, we share the government views that we need to shift out of uh, combustion engines, of fossil fuel for private transportation. So we're fully invested in that direction. And, uh, and, and we trust that depending on how it, it progresses over the next few years, uh, because it's a very complex element that the automakers need to change completely their supply chain. It's right. a supply chain we've built over decades and even centuries, if you think. And now we need to completely rebuild it because you're talking about uh, it's a new technology, uh, critical minerals, uh, new supply sources. It takes years to turn this around. So it's not a it's not a matter of, of lack of will. Mm -hmm. it's, it's it takes time. It's investments. Uh, and uh, but all in all, I think it's it always works better when you have uh, the, the private companies uh, with the, the different level of governments sharing the, the same objectives, mm -hmm. continuously communicating with one another and finding ways. So uh, I, I call it progress over perfection. If we're looking for perfection, mm -hmm. I think we're all going to be disappointed. Is sure. it progressing? Yes. Uh, are, are we going to see potentially some, some, some changes in adaptation and legislations over time? I certainly hope so, because ultimately, again, the objective is what? The objective is to shift uh, to a net zero mobility. Uh, and, uh, and certainly the Volkswagen Group is highly committed uh, to making this happen and working with any governments around the world, including right here in Canada, uh, to, to play a, a very important role. Mm -hmm. So um, when you look at the approach that's being taken by the government of Canada, are, are we structuring something that that kind of falls into that uh, too complex category. Um, what, sort of what's your what's your take in terms of what we're building now in terms of you know in terms of the yeah. sort of the legislative and regulatory regime. You know, everything is relative. If we look at the current legislative environment in Canada, it's far less complex than what we are accustomed to in Europe, for instance. Okay. That said, it's a lot more complex than what we've been used to in the past because you don't only have the federal mandate coming uh, coming up, but you also have some provinces taking their own approach, uh, and and this creates complexity. And while everybody's got you know uh, some some important objectives to meet, sometimes again the overregulation leads to what leads to consumers being very nervous. Mm -hmm. Consumers saying maybe it's not such a great time. Maybe I need to wait because they see that. Again, there are different rules, regulations, incentives. So, so that does not, you know, necessarily help in the uh, uh, in, in the speed up of, of this transformation. But I, I don't want to be overly uh, uh, critical here, mm -hmm. or uh, I, I still remain positive. I think people mean well, uh, but there needs to be other elements. It's not just the vehicle. It's not just the manufacturers. I think everybody needs to play a role. Mm -hmm. The governments play a role. Uh, certainly the automakers are playing a role, but consumers also. I mean, right. you, you made the leap of faith. You, you're a good example. You went to electric. You understand there's pros, there's cons, just like the combustion engine. You mm -hmm. made some choices and you're willing to live with it. And, and I, 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 I'm assuming you're, you're enjoying your experience, but I'm certainly hoping so. And, but I, I think everybody needs to want to play a role in this uh, uh, net zero uh, transformation. And that includes the consumers. 
The governments can do so much, automakers can do so much, but ultimately the consumers uh, need to make the investments in electric vehicles too. Right, right. Yeah, so I, I, I want to come back to that because uh, I think it's an interesting uh, an, an interesting uh, uh, topic to talk about what we can do uh, to to bring the consumer along. But before I get to that, one of the questions that I ask folks that uh, come on the podcast is about their journey. Um, and, you know, I always make the joke, well, in your case, did you always dream of 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 running running um, uh, uh, an automobile uh, company uh, was was that what you uh, always wanted to do when you were a kid on the playground? What was your journey to to the role that you have today? Oh, it's an interesting question. I have to say, I was almost born in a car. My dad was uh, oh. <laughs> in the driving school business and daily rentals. There were, you know, when I grew up, there were always cars around. I, I learned about. You know, mechanics, uh, obviously, how to, to, yep. to fix combustion engines and so on. I, not that I'm an expert, far from it. But uh, so, and, and I realized the importance of, because uh, we've traveled a lot as kids, right, with our parents. And it's the story of, of many Canadians and many North Americans, right? Uh, the importance of mobility for all of us. So, yep. and from there, yes, when you, you know, I, I, of course, I was dreaming about working in a car business and, uh, and the opportunities came up. So I think that, I would say to everybody, dream big, uh, especially the, I, I talk often to students, younger generations. Uh, I say, hey, be confident, uh, write up your, you know, write down your, uh, your dreams and dream big. You never know. Like, and and, and I, I'm a great uh, believer that uh, if you really care, you're going to find a way. Mm-hmm. So over the years, I, I got my opportunity in the car business and I, it's been fabulous. I've been able to work for different automakers, actually, uh, uh, an American one, uh, uh, a French, uh, uh, Japanese one, and now with the Germans, uh, different culture, different approaches. I worked in many countries in the world, about 10 countries. Hmm. So it has brought a lot to me. I think it's a fascinating in the world and it impacts, uh, our business impacts not only the, the automotive uh, business, but it, it reaches so many people, millions around the world. Yeah, yeah. So let's come back to to, to the customer. Um, we've got um, uh, automakers, your your company included, that are are increasingly producing uh, electric vehicles. We've got governments that have dreams and and, and mandates of of uh, decarbonizing uh, the uh, vehicle transportation sector. How do we get the customer uh, on board with this? Um, how how is it that how is it that you and your colleagues in the sector managed to convince me, and then how do we convince other people uh, to, to to kind of join the the transition? Well, the first element I think is is we need to speak up, mm-hmm. and we need to align the message too, because there are still a lot of naysayers out there, and that brings again confusions to consumers. Right. So, which means what? We need to educate. We need to uh, to provide information. We need to be capable to answer all sorts of different questions, not only about the vehicles we sell, about the ecosystem. You talked about the charging earlier, right? Yep. Uh, there are so many questions that consumers have because it's, again, it's a completely new technology. Um, so uh, so when you look at it, the, and, and recently I think I saw a survey that said that something like about 40, 43% of, the Can- of Canadians were willing to consider uh, and electric vehicles as their next purchase. Mm-hmm. And, and once you talk to them and you provide them with all sorts of information, you spend the time, 
and, and they have time to really reflect, it goes up to 60%. So right. you see a lot of it is, and I think it's part of my job. It's the job of the automakers. It's a job of, of, of many uh, 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 constituents out there, right? Being the governments and, and, and so on, uh, to, to speak up about the importance of climate change, uh, the role that uh, people make, you know, the car purchase is a major purchase in someone's life. Mm-hmm. And, and this has an impact on CO2. So for people to realize that, hey, if, depending of what I do and, and, and what I buy, I can play a role in the transformation also of, uh, to net zero and help produce this famous uh, you know, CO2 footprint that is so damaging to, to our environment and, our, and the lives of uh, the future generations. Yeah. Okay. And so was that the approach that, that, that was taken in, you know, I, I keep re- referencing the Scandinavian countries, but uh, uh, I was, I was in Scandinavia last year and I was impressed particularly with the, the first off the, the number of electric vehicles on the road. Uh, and then second, when looking at the statistics in terms of how much of their new vehicles um, being purchased are, are, are EVs was education core to that um, or, or and, and were there other things at play that, in, in those jurisdictions where we've seen very high rates of adoption? That's a very good question. As, as you know, uh, Norway is, is a major oil producer. So in a way they say, well, you know, we're shifting, we're gonna sell yeah. our oil somewhere else and we're gonna go uh, electric on our end. Yeah. Definitely that education was a major factor, but let's not kid ourselves here. The question of incentives, the benefits. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, it's not just a, a financial benefit, it's also uh, the overall convenience of driving these electric vehicles. So a very well-developed uh, electric uh, charging network, yep. uh, some benefits in terms of also obviously uh, some, some, uh, uh, some perks in terms of, uh, there's a lot of uh, ferries, as you know, in Norway. So you are privileged in having discounts, uh, special line, lanes on the highway that mm-hmm. are reserved only for electric vehicles. So it's how can we enhance the life of consumers and bring more benefits than saying, okay, I've got a vehicle to move from point A and point B and it costs me so much per month. Mm-hmm. But it's like, what are the other things we can do together? And that's why I was talking about the importance that all of the stakeholders that have a role to play in the transformation to the net zero mobility work together at finding solutions, mm-hmm. making sure that we all work together at developing this charging infrastructure, that the communication education is, is aligned and, and, and that uh, you know, there's no misinformation, uh, that wherever possible, you know, uh, we can provide some financial benefits beyond the fact that you're obviously the cost of, of fuel will, will drastically decline the day you go, uh, actually will be eliminated the day you go to, uh, to electric vehicles. Mm-hmm. So, so it's working together at making the business case for the consumers and say, you know, you're still going to have the mobility, plus you're going to have a positive impact on the environment, uh, on the future, on the future generations, plus you have additional benefits. So the, you know, the fiscal impact is always important, especially nowadays, you know, the, uh, the taxpayers are, are, are being pressured from everywhere. So that has a role to play too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You'd mentioned um, charging earlier and how, um, that's that's a, a critical part of the overall uh, ecosystem that uh, that needs to be built out, and and that you know you're building Electrify Canada, Electrify uh, America. 
it, is that a kind of a bit of a chicken and an egg that that you know we we need to get the charging infrastructure in place because that's part of being able to convince people um, that uh, that the change is something that will not inconvenience them. Uh, it's definitely a critical factor, Francis. Uh, you know, today we don't even think about having to put fuel in our vehicle because mm -hmm. there are gas stations everywhere. It's been around for over a century, uh, in, certainly in North America, right? So you don't even have to plan your trips because you know you will always find a gas station somewhere. Right. When you go electric, you have to think. You have to think about the way you drive, first of all, because mm -hmm. it's all about the impact you have on, on saving the energy, which by the way is the same phenomena with the combustion engine, but mm -hmm. nobody is ever thinking about saving fuel, right? Yeah. But your way, the way you're driving has an impact. Uh, you know, are you gonna go to point A before you go to point C or point F or whatever on your route? Uh, where can you have some charging? It's not all Canadians that have a driveway and have easy access being at work or at home to charge vehicles either, right? Mm -hmm. So, uh, and, and I, I mean, you represent uh, many utilities, right? The utilities in the country. Uh, so that's an important element too, is bringing peace of mind. Uh, how can we have a maybe a level two charger in, uh, in homes of more Canadians? So, uh, so I think there's a lot of, elements again that lead someone to say yes i can do the leap of faith i can go in that direction it's still good. it's good for all of the reasons we talked about earlier plus it's good for me as a consumer right after all it's our money we pay for something we want to have some benefits out of it so so that's so everything we can bring to enhance the customer experience charging being a critical point an essential point uh, and so more investments are required from every level of governments and uh, private uh, people and private companies to making it happen. Yeah, I was at the um, Electric Mobility Conference in Edmonton earlier this month, and uh, there were uh, clearly a lot of people uh, and a lot of companies that participated in that event uh, who see charging as a as a potential uh, very interesting business to be involved in uh, going forward so yeah it's not just the uh, car manufacturer vehicle manufacturers and utilities there there's lots of private companies that are very interested in getting into this space and servicing this space oh absolutely the other element too i want to hide from it uh, because now you know we've touched the early adopters the price of ve uh, electric vehicles is still you know is quite quite important. It's above the average price for a vehicle in this country, as you know. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so uh, you know, that the early adopters are relatively easy to convince. If we really want to have a mass, uh, you know, uh, uh, merchandising of the vehicles and, 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 and the masses really buying electric vehicles, uh, there's a speed to reduce cost. Mm -hmm. And that's really important. And that takes some time. Again, I was talking about the supply chain transformation on our end. Yeah. Uh, you know, we know that, that when we build the, uh, combustion engines after a few years, you find some scale economies, you find better ways. Now, the critical minerals are still to be, uh, in many cases, dig into. Uh, the recycling aspect need to be uh, sped up a little bit, right? Uh, and um, so there's a, there are a lot of things that need to happen. So we take this very seriously. Uh, we've already announced that, you know, we're looking at, at getting vehicles in the 25,000 euro range, uh, right. you know, I'm speaking euro here because we're a German company uh, and, and 20,000 euro range. 
which I believe over time, these vehicles are going to become a lot more affordable too. Uh, it's just a matter of time. So this will help too. And that's the responsibility we all have as automakers. Yeah. And that, that certainly looks different from, from what is on currently on offer, at least in North America. Cause um, you know, I've noticed that at least currently most of the electric vehicles that are on sale are kind of midsize or larger. Uh, they tend increasingly to be, you know, in the SUV space uh, and, and fairly large, but the, the future is going to be the, the vehicle for everybody, right? Well, that's correct. Yeah. And, 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 uh, and this is an important factor for everybody. Uh, the, uh, the disposable incomes are under pressure, as you know, and people are looking for, uh, you know, more affordable solutions. But, you know, even today, uh, you know, that's, that's one element also in terms of information to consumers that we have to be better at. Uh, today, if you buy, for instance, an ID4, the Volkswagen, you drive 18,000, 20,000 kilometers a year. It's not everybody understand. Uh, actually, you will be better off buying the ID4 than the best-selling SUV, a gas combustion engine that we currently have in our lineup. Right. Uh, which is which is the equivalent size of an ID4. So so there's you know again it's education. It's what a, you know if you're driving two, three, four, five thousand kilometers a year, maybe the business case is not so strong for you. Mm-hmm. But if you're driving more and uh, depends of what you do, the utilization of your vehicles, what you're doing with your vehicles. So uh, but again over time, uh, I believe again we will and actually even over the last three years we've been able to reduce some of the costs associated with manufacturing batteries uh, the r d also aspect is made, making playing a ma- major role mm-hmm. uh you know we've got just new discoveries recently where we can improve the efficiency by 15 percent we, we haven't started building batteries yet so uh, you know there, there's still a, a lot of potential in innovation and, and research and development that would lead us to reduce costs yeah, and that goes to your earlier point about building out that ecosystem, right? Um, and you, you, you've been at the center of some of these conversations uh, and some of the major announcements uh, that have been made, uh, certainly here in Canada, in terms of, of building infrastructure for uh, the 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 future uh, electric vehicles. The major announcement in St. Thomas, Ontario, that's a, a Volkswagen project. That that's uh, I imagine part of a, a vision to 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 build a, a broader uh, ecosystem and supply chain here in North America. Oh, absolutely. You know, the Gigafactory in St. Thomas, uh, we're looking at a potential of up to 1 million electric uh, vehicle batteries uh, by the end of this decade. We're going to start production uh, uh, end of 26, beginning of 27. Uh, and, and, you know, uh, while we're, we're building these factories, again, we're heavily investing. Uh, it's $190 billion uh, as we speak. And, and all the electrification aspect uh, of our vehicles. Um, so because we want, again, to become more efficient at building it, uh, more, more cost efficient, bringing more uh, range at a lower cost also for consumers. We're investing in dry batteries, uh, you know, in different companies. QuantumScape in California is one of those where we have uh, some shares. Even the NordVolt project, uh, you know, Volkswagen has some shares in NordVolt, for instance. Wow. So we're not going alone in there. We're, we're partnering with everybody who wants to share the same vision that we have, who want to play an, a vital role in the net zero uh, future, the future of mobility. Uh, so uh, so and, and there's no doubt in our mind that major progress are being made right now and will continue p- to be made for the future. 
So we're very excited to, to be investing very heavily in Canada uh, to, 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 to be recognized as, as, as a player who can play a role. And that's, that's really the response that we want to take here to help in the transformation to electric mobility uh, for more Canadians and uh, for generations to come. Yeah, and the joke I made to you a couple of weeks ago was, was when the when the time comes uh, for me to <laughs> to trade up my ID four uh, for the ID buzz or whatever's going to come next. The, one of the big differences is more than likely the battery for that vehicle will be coming from right here in St. Thomas as opposed to coming from uh, somewhere across the Pacific Ocean, right? Oh, absolutely. Uh, you're absolutely right. We, in North America, it, you know, uh, is not set up yet to manufacture its own batteries. So we are heavily dependent on importation. And when you think about it, the cost of the bat, the battery represents about 40%, more or less, depending on the size of the vehicle, but more mm-hmm. or less about 40% of the cost of the vehicle. So if we can have it here in North America, creating jobs in Canada, in Canadian dollars, this is also called affordability for, for consumers. And, and when I talk about a million, uh, the, the potential for 1 million battery out of St. Thomas, uh, we have a commitment to group to bring 25 fully electric vehicles in North America through our brands being Audi, uh, Scout also that is up, an upcoming brand, as you know, that we're re- reviving at Volkswagen mm-hmm. um, uh, by 2030. So, uh, so, and we're also, and we've, we've publicly stated it, uh, we will be willing, once we start production, to be selling some of our batteries to other automakers. Right. So, uh, so again, it's, it's a, we want to make an impact and continue to have a great impact on the future of mobility around the world. And, uh, and we're playing, uh, certainly, uh, we're, we're making some very important steps right here in Canada to making this happen. Mm-hmm. So you've recently announced that you're going to be moving on from, from uh, Volkswagen Canada. When you look back over your your years, uh, because you've you've been there during this very very busy uh, period of transformation, um, when when you move on, what are you going to be most proud of in terms of the the um, you know the transformation that you've been involved in uh, here uh, in Canada with Volkswagen? Um. Frankly, uh, you know, I, I, I mentioned to you earlier, I, I've been extremely fortunate. I, I, I work around the world in, in many very interesting projects and, and, and it's been a fantastic ride for me. Now, to be able to play an important role in helping my own country transform into a more sustainable mobility, uh, to help in the climate change aspect of it, uh, to create direct and indirect jobs, uh, well-paid jobs for the future generations of Canadians. Uh, and this will lead also, again, to more research and development that will be directly touching the car business and other uh, industries. So that, to me, is, is by far, you know, that has been the most rewarding, um, uh, you know, opportunities I've had in my career and being able to do it right here in Canada, uh, working hand-in-hand with Canadians to make this happen from coast to coast. Uh, it's been a, an honor and a privilege, frankly, and I'm very happy of the small contribution I've been able to uh, to bring to, to the car business, to the auto business here in Canada. And, and I look forward to do more even in the future. It's a, we never know what the what uh, what that's going to lead us to altogether, all but uh, but we're on the right track. There's still a lot to be done, um, but I'm, I'm very again optimistic about the future for for Canada and the electromobility aspect of it. 
Yeah, well, we're on on the cusp of of some major changes. There's there's you know we talked about um, uh, a couple of the giga well the, the your gigafactory in St. Thomas and the the Northvolt. Um, we're we're on the verge of a, a not only a change in terms of consumer adoption, but but we're on the the verge of the, the building of that of that ecosystem. Oh, absolutely. And you know that you're talking here, look at Volkswagen, for instance, we're even getting into mining. Uh, you know, just a few years ago, you would have never thought this possible. Yeah. Uh, so so we've transforming our business. Uh, we're not only transforming the vehicles, but the way we build vehicles, we're developing new expertise. It's all about building a circular economy. Uh, you know, reusing, recycling. We're getting, we're making a lot of investment in recycling to learn more about how we recycle every single components we build for our vehicles, and uh, and that's important because again, this is creating new wealth uh, for the future, uh, and uh, and a, and a more sustainable wealth for the future. <laughs> uh, and 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 I I think it's uh, and this creates again all new sorts of opportunities. I, you know, I'll, I'll say one which I, 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 come, I came across is uh, Quantum uh, Computing. It's a Canadian company, mm -hmm. uh, which, we, which we got to know here in Canada. We're working with them uh, to help us develop the future generation of batteries. And uh, so they are based right here in Ontario. And, and, you know, just a few years ago, again, we would have never in, interacted with such a company, right? right. So, so the, the transformation... Uh, to to uh, electromobility is opening up, you know, thousands of opportunities for everyone out there. New career, uh, new expertise, uh, research and development, uh, touching many many fields. So, and I think it's the right thing for society as a whole moving forward. So, charging infrastructure, mining, quantum computer. My goodness, what next? Uh, yes, indeed. Right. You see, transformation is everywhere. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, it's not unique to the, the auto business. Again, on the utility side, I know there's, there's been a lot of transformation. There's more transformation to come, right? And uh, so, so everybody plays a role and everybody is trying. And for many years, it was more like, you know, how do we get the best product out there? How do we reduce the cost to have a competitive advantage? Now it's about, you know, uh, not only this, but what's the impact we have on ESG? There's yeah. more, you know, What's the purpose of what we do, how we do it, how we source. We have extensive now, uh, you know, standards, regulations, audits related, related to uh, making sure all of our suppliers are doing what's right, not only for, for, for the business itself, uh, but as important for society in general, for the environment in general. So I think that we all play a role uh, in, in embarking more and more people who want to build a, a better future, again, a more sustainable future. Mm -hmm. Yeah, one of the things I ask everybody who comes on the show, and this is this is this is by way of of wrapping things up. I always ask folks for a book recommendation, and, and we assemble all of the book recommendations in in uh, what we we call the Flux Capacitor Book Club. So, uh, for you, what book would you add to um, to our reading list? What book do you think the the listener should pick up and and give it a read. Uh, thanks for the question. Uh, it's a book I put my hands on at the beginning of the year, and I, I'm still I've still turned back to the book a few times and looking at it. It's even something that uh, you know we got uh, we, we we gave a lot of books around in the building here 
yeah. to some of our colleagues to discuss. And it's from Sean Canungo. He's, he's a Canadian. I believe he's based in Edmonton. And Sean is really a, a young, very bright uh, person. Uh, he talks about disruption. He talks about innovation. And you know what? We are human beings where change is always, we fear change, right? Uh, we're always scared and, 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 and not so optimistic. And Sean is a breath of fresh air. He talks about the importance of being disruptors to embrace changes, uh, innovation, how you play a role. He even gives you very easy step-by-step -step, uh, approaches to very simple things in life to make yourself more comfortable, more confident about the future. So again, a great book from a Canadian, Sean Canungo. It's called The Bold Ones. All right. So I, I just popped it up on my screen here. The Bold Ones, Innovate and Disrupt to Become Truly Indispensable by Sean Canungo. Fantastic edition. Thank you very much for that. We're going to add that to uh, to our reading list. Excellent. And, and Pierre, I want to thank you for taking the time to, to join the podcast. I really appreciate uh, really appreciate having the chance to to chat with you a little more fully than than uh, on the margins of conferences and at the at the uh, tail end of panels at conferences that we've been at. Um, really appreciate you taking the time, and I want to wish you the best um, in whatever future endeavors you're about to embark upon. Francis, thank you very much for the opportunity. Thanks for doing this podcast. I think again. It's helping people understand what are the challenges, the role we all play in transforming uh, our society moving forward. Uh, it's been a pleasure as always. Let's not be strangers in the future. All the best to you and uh, to, to everyone listening today. And thanks again. Outstanding. Thanks. Terrific. Thanks for joining me for this episode of The Flux Capacitor. Tune in for future episodes. Please take the time to rate the podcast on whatever platform you use to listen. And let me know what you think of the Flux Capacitor. You can find me on Twitter or X as at Brad Bradley. The website for this pod is thefluxcapacitor.ca, and it includes links for this episode on the show page, this being episode 88. And while you're there, check out the book club page, which provides info on and links to the books which have been recommended by guests on the Flux Capacitor, including Pierre's recommendation, The Bold Ones, Innovate and Disrupt to Become Truly Indispensable by Sean Canungo. And let's continue the electricity conversation on our Facebook page, on Twitter, and at electricity.ca.